0: You know, I can't believe how time flies. It's been a year already since we last talked about the L.A. Auto Show, and here we are again having just been there. As a matter of fact, it's on right now at the L.A. Convention Center as we speak, but we just attended Mm -hmm. the press and trade days just last week to get a preview to join all the other journalists and media, which, as you noted, has become more of a people-watching thing, and, and who do we know, and... Catching up with old friends and that kind of thing, as yeah, much great. as it is about the cars, which is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was great. It, it was, was really cool. cool and good, I saw you know saw Carlos Lago, got to talk with him a little bit. Saw Johnny Lieberman. Uh, you know, Mike Spinelli, JF, all the usual suspects that we always see were there. It was great to just. It's always cool to just bump into somebody because you'll be walking one way. I actually end up doing like a couple of laps of the show, and my last lap is very head up. I'm not even looking at cars; I'm just looking for faces, you know, because there's so many people there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I ran into Michael Harley, who's now editor in chief of Autobytel. Autobytel mm-hmm. consumed AutoWeb. That's probably news out there, but they bought AutoWeb in its entirety, and he is now editor in chief. Yep. So he came by and. And uh, said hello, so it was cool to see him. And then uh, we also had Chance, our photographer, he's our videographer, yeah. D- take some fantastic photos that you've seen on our Facebook site and, and everywhere else. And uh, he was with us at the show along with his wife, and they got a chance to walk around. Yeah. And then I joined him for a little bit, and it was fun to be a little bit snarky and walk around the show and take pictures of a things bit snarky. and. That's all we do. Well, I guess that's I mean, all was, we do. I was tweeting. You were tweeting. There was <laughs> yeah. lots of snarky tweeting going on. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, if we're going to go to an auto
1: show, that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. they, they you know, it, The coolest thing about all these auto shows is the access of it. But then invariably, you just I, there's always ridiculous things that you see there, people doing things. I've got a couple that I want to comment on when we get there of just kind of things seen and heard. Nothing to do with the cars, just things seen and heard where I was kind of like, Really? And you always see, you know, various people that you're that are there. That you're like, oh, you're not even a journalist. How did you get in? Very, very strange <laughs> yeah. stuff. But they are they are cool days.
0: Exactly. And the people measuring cars, which I think is for car covers or something. It just. Measuring cars with a tape measure—I just—I'm fascinated.
1: A clipboard. It's—it's
0: a dumpster fire watching them. It's just crazy um, (laughs) because.
1: It's a dumpster fire. (laughs) What on earth are you people doing? But all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not—that's not—that's the worst job at the auto show, honestly. That (laughs) is—that is seriously. Yeah. That uh, honestly, the measuring cars thing with a clipboard—that is a step below booth girl. (laughs) Because uh, honestly, those booth girls, I every year I feel sorry for them. Some of them are spectacularly gorgeous. They're always very nice, but at the same time, it just feels like every time I walk around the show, it just feels like that's a terrible job. Then, of course, uh, you know. Anyway,
0: I I um, walked by the Pirelli booth there, and Magnus Walker is exhibiting one of his latest 911s, and he was he was bent over scrubbing and polishing and putting stickers on and. I couldn't help myself. I just thought, what is he doing? I guess he's (laughs) – so I tweeted out, you probably (laughs) said, Magnus. Magnusing.
1: Yep, you made it a verb. It was very He's impressed. Now actually. an action yeah.
0: verb. So when you're bent over yep. polishing your car, I I just thought it was so funny. It was like, what is he doing? It, it was All appropriate.
1: Right. There was there was no other way to talk about that. But you know, before we get into the details of the auto show, I should mention a couple housekeeping things real quickly. First off, uh, I have a cold, so if I sound a little odd or more mm. berry white than normal, that is the reason why. Uh, but part of the reason I have a cold is because let's see, it is getting winter, so we're going to start talking winter tires. And guess what? I have been editing uh, a lot and sleeping a little, so uh, we have a film coming out in case you didn't know. So uh, that is happening the 10th of December. Be ready for Pilgrimage, our Germany film. It will be ready, I promise you. The uh, full assembly is going together pretty much this evening. All the pieces are going in for the kind of this one is too long cut. And then we've got our very exclusive kind of inner circle of folks are going to watch it. We're going to start trading notes back and forth and refining that. It is coming up quick. So that's happening like crazy. As a result, a couple of things are changing. One, This week is Thanksgiving week in the U.S., so this Thursday is November 26th. We will not, I repeat, not have a video on Thanksgiving Day. I apologize for those of you elsewhere that are not celebrating or those of you that are desperate to get away from family and want to see a video. Uh, Either way, we will not have one this week. And also, this is all mostly to do with schedule for the film, Mm -hmm. we'll not have a podcast next week. So next week, December 1st, Tuesday, we'll not have a podcast. Both of those things are dying in the benefit of, frankly, sheer time to get the film done. Uh, but then we will return to regular programming. We didn't want to miss both things in the same week. So again, no, uh, no video this week, no podcast next week. But next week, we do restart videos. After one-week break, next week, I think, is the, uh, the Honda Integra, the Acura Integra, actually, which will be a really cool piece. Ooh, and cool. then it's all Germany all the time for the month of December. While we release the film on the 10th, the stuff around it Will actually, uh, there'll be a couple of YouTube videos that are extras, not even parts of the film, but were shot during the same time. Those are coming out on YouTube for free in the month of December. So tell a friend.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I honestly think people are going to understand. I mean, we've both been working really hard. You've been editing like crazy. So I, hopefully, people will understand that this is we've got to take a break somewhere, and it's in the interest interest of time. It's just in the interest of getting this film done and out there because we are doing Blu-rays yeah. again this year. We are having a yes, premiere. We are. I think you mentioned that we're having a premiere here in Park City and inviting friends and family, and and free to the public, and gonna be a, a random a good people time. driving
1: through. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be a, a screening of uh, of the entire film, and then we'll be uh-huh. selling Blu-rays there. And so it's just getting the artwork done. You're editing like crazy. I think your beard's down as long as Magnus's hair now, and
1: um, working on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and plus, yeah, it's you're sick, so I, I, um, sorry that it's starting to take a toll on your health. We've got to yeah, just one know. last, one last push, and then, uh, and then I think we it'll do. Be, we do. I think it'll be well received. So yeah, if you're listening, thanks for following along, and uh, thanks for all your support. But we've got to take a quick here's break. My,
1: here's my current we get back concern. Here's my current concern. You're gonna laugh. My current concern is. Okay, so when does the film go out to mix, because I need to be healthy enough before it goes out to mix to record my voiceover so oh, I sound yeah. normal, so I don't immortalize the fact that I have a cold on the Blu-ray. Anyway, oh, this, yeah. is, this is what's going through my mind right now. But anyway, these are, these are definitely first world problems. We should move on to more first world ridiculousness, and that is a bunch of free cars, at least to journalists, sitting out on the auto show floor at the LA Auto Show and we walked around the mall. I want to I want to mention we've mentioned this before. One of the weirdest things about press day, well there's lots, but one of them there's lots is that you can't you can't see everything that an automaker will bring for the public. If you go to the LA Auto Show right now and you go to Nissan, everything Nissan sells in North America will pretty much be on the floor. When you're there, during the LA Auto Show, it's, we are promoting these two or three cars we're excited about, and the rest of our lineup kind of gets forgotten. And that typically happens with every automaker. I laughed and actually tweeted about the uh, the Nissan booth, because front and center with the chairs was the new Nissan Sentra, and back in the corner, kind of hidden with just the nose sticking out, was the 370Z. And I kind of thought, isn't that backwards? <laughs> but anyway. It's bread and butter. Uh, they yeah. got
0: to pay the bills. they got to sell cars so they can sell the sports cars to the rest of us that like the sports, I sports guess, cars.
1: I guess. I guess. Yep. The
0: Bread and butter right now, I suppose. I mean, that's what L.A. Auto Show is kind of known for, even though it is its own event now, which I like. Detroit is the big daddy, the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. That's the big one with most of the reveals. But L.A. has turned into a thing because of of car culture. We never really get down to the tune stuff down below unless there's something notable and crazy and amazing down there. It's it's mostly about new models, and here's what you can buy in your showroom
1: now. Which is cool. And, 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 but some and Porsche cool ideas. always does a big reveal. Every single year Porsche does a huge reveal at the LA Auto Show. And I mean this year it was the uh, we joked about it before, it was the the G T four club sport uh, version of the Cayman, and then you called it, by the way. You made a comment about mm. the fact that they're go- going to do a little parade with, here's the old Targa. Wasn't the old Targa cool? <laughs> Guess what? Here's the new Targa. And that's that's almost exactly the oh. song and dance that they did.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, they're introducing a new engine, which now creates a whole new problem for them. They've mm-hmm. created this big problem for themselves because now every 911 is going to be turboed, All yep. the, even the base yep. engines. So you can't say, oh, you've got the turbo exactly. because... I bought the base model. It's also a turbo. Yeah. So we all have wow. Have you bought
1: the 911 Turbo, meaning any 911 yeah, made. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. It, it's gonna oh, for man. their for their 21 variations or whatever they're making it's of like all the variations 24? of the 911 you can get now. Staggering. They're all gonna be turbo. So I I I'm with you, and I think we're all wondering this. I've heard other people rumble about it as well. What on earth are they going to call the upper level models? Are they still gonna call them Turbo because there's history there and it means the big boy, and just ignore the fact that under the hood of all of them is a, is a turbo? I I don't know. Well, they've it's already be really interesting. They've already
0: kind of gone there. The McCann S is already uh-huh. a turbocharged engine. But then they called the Agreed. McCann Turbo. It just has more power. So maybe they could call mm-hmm. their upper-level cars 911 more power. Maybe yeah. just, you know, because 911 Super more power. It should be the Super. It's got to be beyond that. Not S Super I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, something S with more power than the
1: I don't prior know. Yeah.
0: model behind it. I, I don't know. But I'm glad you mentioned yeah, the GT4 we're... Club Sport because this is $165,000. Do you realize that? If you want to just go racing, Ugh. 165 dollars for this thing. It's just a, and it's, all the interior stripped it, out of the GT4.
1: That's the thing. And it's just a race car. It's yeah. not a, yeah. It's not like a. They, they didn't do what they did with the, the GT3 variations of the 911. And you know, even if you get the GT3 RS, it's still a street legal car. It 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 has an interior. Right, right. You could go to dinner in it. Yeah, you don't have back seats. Yeah, you got a roll <laughs> cage. This to kind you, of but stuff. You, I guess but, you could. Well, but 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 you but you could. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Whereas you can and you can take somebody with you. You know what? I'll go to, to our Germany film right now. The, one of the greatest things about the Ring is you can take a passenger with you. You don't have to be an instructor. You can have yeah, a true. P- passenger with true. you. True. Here's this GT4 Club Sport. You are buying a nearly two hundred thousand dollar personal race car. There's no passenger seat. There's no nothing. It is not going to be used for anything Mm -hmm. other than your race vehicle. Now, if you have the cash, that's fantastic. But it is in no way a dual purpose car. It is a single purpose car.
0: I think I've thought of Porsche's new tagline. That is, Porsche, bring the cash. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just bring the cash. Come into the dealer. I mean, if you want to option it out, you want the special hot models. Looking at the pictures I took of the GT4 now. I'm in love with that car. And then yeah, the Club Sport. just bring the cash it's a disease well the gt4
1: the gt4 itself is awesome the new uh boxster spider is really cool but yeah that club yeah. sport is that is a single purpose car and i also think that's interesting because porsches in general i feel like all of their cars have have done such a good job of doing both be your race car and be your your personal car and here is this club sport not trying to do that at all yeah i'm just
0: amazing i i love it it was it was amazing but uh yeah, they've got the boot all to themselves, and they do yeah, it right. They I mean,
1: right. there were there were tons. Everybody was there. I mean, I, I made all kinds of notes about all kinds of random things. I mean, one of the way I walked into the show, the first place I walked into was Buick. How often do we talk about Buick? We really don't. Never. Much, but there there were two. here was <laughs> there were two things there. First off, the one that they were really pushing is the is it the Cascada? It's their their four seat convertible. It's it's literally Opal and a Volkswagen EOS. Got together and made this car. That's Got what it together
0: is. Together at high speed
1: and made yeah, this. Well, car. something you know. Wow,
0: I, 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 wow. I, yeah, I always
1: wonder about the market segment for four seat convertibles. I really, genuinely do. I, you know, there is that old adage that we joke about as well, that every car is better in a convertible. I mean, the Chrysler Sebring was much better with the top down, <laughs> but the Chrysler Sebring was a terrible car. So, you know, I mean, but, but here's this this Cascada, and, you know, it, it, it's decent looking. Like I say, it's like an overgrown Eos kind of in styling, but I really wonder about that market segment. It just seems like a weird place, I, I feel like, it seems like a weird place for Buick to go because it feels... Very niche. I mean, even more so than let's make a sports car.
0: Oh personally. yeah. Well, Buicks are are big in China. They're they're pretty much the one of the it cars that yeah. and Audi. But then yeah. I think all right, convertibles aren't going to really they're fly in China. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it's a business decision. I mean, I, I can't imagine the business case. I mean, that Nissan Murano four seat convertible thing that ugh from a while back. I would heard that Carlos oh, hang on, Ghosn. You made it for his wife, because his wife wanted something like that.
1: Well, maybe
0: okay, but there's no business case around him. When you see him, you'd nearly fall over in laughter. Or you
1: but, but you know what? You know what? You've backed <sighs> your way into another discussion point from the LA Auto Show, because I kept thinking about the Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet, or whatever the hell they called it. <sighs> I kept thinking about that because of one thing. Here at the show was the Range Rover Evoque convertible.
0: Yeah, same category. And- why and did they do that? As soon as I
1: saw it, I thought, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't go to the upper level management and go, you know that Nissan Murano convertible did so well." No, it didn't. <laughs> or it or it looked so good. No I it sold didn't. Three I of mean, them, what And I've seen them all. What what And the other thing about it is I also feel like there's this this and it, maybe it's not designing, maybe it's marketing, but I feel like there's this car maker disease that when you get a car that's attractive, somebody goes, "You know what it'd be better? <clears throat> Let's chop the top off of that. It'll be better." No, not necessarily.
0: <laughs> I think it's a marketing brief because design teams have to respond to the marketing briefs based on what those marketers yeah. see and what dealers say they can sell, what people are asking for, on and on, with any product. Cars are is, no exception. Is there
1: is there demand for a Range rover Evoque convertible outside of Beverly Hills? Honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Orange County. Orange County. They're, they're yes. In. So two markets. I just, I, and maybe Florida. I, maybe Three, I, three I, I don't,
1: I don't understand. I don't understand yeah. what part of the market you looked at and said. I mean, I honestly, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go so far as to say, I honestly think that there's probably more market research to suggest BMW should have made their GT models than this Range Rover <laughs> convertible. Oh, I, mean, I don't doubt that
0: at all. I mean, here is oh a company steeped in tradition, and they're they build cars in England, where it rains all the time. They might get three sunny days a year. And this company yes, but I will is say, now building the Range Rover Evoque Convertible.
1: But I will That's say, having, having lived there, and obviously being a person that consumes car culture from Britain as well, and thank you to all of our UK listeners, I do think it's fascinating that there is a subculture in Britain that loves convertibles. I mean, like hmm. with a passion that is difficult to describe. Because of those perfect days in England, when they do happen, and th- there's there's like a rabbit. I mean, think about all the old classic British convertibles. Okay? Sure. Oh, yeah. Why, why oh, yeah. on earth no were doubt. those made? You, you, you think of all of all the places for those to be birthed. England, really? So there is a huge convertible market there. But I still don't think Range Rover Evoque convertibles are going to be flying off the showroom floor in England. I just don't. I like the segue
0: because uh, as I was walking around the show with Chance and his wife, he asked me if I've seen the Fiat. And I said what?
1: <laughs> the Fiat. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: his, his wife took credit for coining this term, but maybe she heard it somewhere. I don't know. I I think she might have coined it. I heard it. a lot Some of people, people say
1: it actually. yeah. Picked it
0: up. I, I don't know. But I said the what? What are you talking about? He's like, oh, let's go to Alfa Romeo. What are you talking about? And it's this new Alfa built on the new Mazda MX-5. I didn't no, it's even the, that, know. That, no, no, no. You've actually you've
1: actually you've actually made the proper joke. It's not an Alfa. It should be an Alfa. It's a Fiat. It's the Fiat from the MX Five.
0: Oh yeah, it's the Fiat. It should be an Alpha. You're the, right. I'm, I'm thinking. The I'm already thinking Alpha, you, but it is the Fiat. 124 you're already Spider. you're
1: thinking Alpha because you and I already had this discussion, and that is the oh, fact yeah, that you're right. this car. I, I I don't even know why, but when I look at it, every time I looked at it, I thought this should be an Alpha. This should be under the FCA right. banner. This should be this an Alpha. Time. It shouldn't be a Fiat. It's the 124, and it is. Here's the the thing that I was surprised by. I feel like it is a staggering. I mean, the the joke, the Fiat is appropriate because it. I feel like it's a staggering missed opportunity. That car.
0: I didn't even know these companies had a relationship.
1: Well, you know, Fiat Chrysler. You know, well, you know, they they're, they're they've got fingers everywhere. I feel like now, and Mazda likes to to get involved with other companies because they're smaller. But I just I understand you want to expand the brand past the Fiat 500. Okay, I get that. I'm surprised they didn't put a player in the uh, the five seat small SUV world because at least that sells faster than you can make cars to go from the 500, which is already really niche, to the uh, two seat convertible. But here's where I think this why I think this car is a miss because frankly, look, I know there's been a lot of debate on this. I know this is subjective. It's not attractive. It's it's so it's just soft. It's so rounded. Mm. In I'm every at possible my way. Here. I'm liking and the, some and the, of the lines, but the profile of it is very last gen Jaguar convertible is the profile. Stuffed on the front,
0: smaller body, yeah.
1: Exactly. And then the front and the rear, the front is is reminiscent of the old Fiat convertibles, which I will acknowledge I didn't find attractive either. But I feel like the the and you're a person that gets on onto this, I feel like that the headlights are at odds with the tail lights. I don't feel like they're on the same car the the, the looking, headlights looking. are these big round fishbowl looking things the taillights are these very you know hyper modern thin line square LEDs and I'm going I don't think those go together but then honestly yeah. outside of the badge on the steering wheel you bought a miata i read somebody's review it was like oh and they've upgraded the interior and i thought where, <laughs> no, they didn't. Where, having just been in that ND, I ask you, where is it different other than the badge on the center of the steering wheel? It's Maybe the it's the Grand Touring.
0: Quality? I don't
1: know. It's but it, it just looks like the Grand Touring version of the ND. It's not like there's anything changed other than that badge, as far as looking at it's concerned. Yes, the body's changed, but I think back to where you started. I would like to see this as an Alpha trying to have sexy. Flowing lines, kind of styling, because this I feel like is a car without a market. Now I'm sure somebody's market researched it into oblivion, but what's that car going to be? Forty five grand? At forty five grand, the price was, do you buy that?
0: I I saw. Yeah, you're right. I I'm thinking Alpha in my mind because I wanted it to be Alpha, but you're right. It's it's the Fiat, and I just I think it fits better as the Alpha because of Alpha's history of making yeah. these small little convertibles and fun sports cars and. I mean, hello, they could have reintroduced with The Graduate, the whole the movie, the whole deal. I mean, they yeah. could have gone there and uh, yeah, anyway.
1: Well, but I also look at the lineup that Alpha is building for itself in the US, okay? And Alpha, this is a, this is not a direct correlation, but I feel like Alpha is kind of like the European Pontiac. Now follow me for a long. I'm not saying they're equivalent, but my point is Pontiac at least traditionally was kind of looked at as the the more niche, more sports car, more performance focused brand under GM. I feel like that's what Alpha is in the FCA lineup. I feel like it's more mm. kind of enthusiast focused. And you've got the 4C, which is clearly okay, mid engine sports car. You've got the Julia, which I could go off on for the next half hour because I actually think it's great. So you've got the kind of M3 fighter or the 3 series, you know, sporty uh, sports sedan. Where is your two-seat dedicated convertible? That feels like it goes with that brand, and it could only be styled better, frankly.
0: Yeah, well, I just, I'm confused. I mean, if there ever was a classic example of badge engineering, it is that car. And I look at, you're right, the um, Pontiac Solstice and the Saturn Sky. Remember those two twins? Uh Yeah, yeah. I think, why would you buy the Saturn Sky? It's uglier, it's uh, pointless, and just... Why not just make this one beautiful thing? And countless examples throughout history. Now and here we are mm-hmm. keep, keeping it alive with the wrong badge on it. But speaking of Alpha, I actually wanted to transition to the Julia because yeah. I think the wheels are too small on it. I think the proportions are great, but it needs twenties or twenty ones. Because I'm looking at the brochure and I'm thinking, all right, what don't I like about this? Not much, but I think the wheels are too small.
1: It. it Interesting.
0: It could be. The proportions are great. It does have those alpha, the softness to it, and then the wheels just. I think it lets it down. Maybe it's cuz they're Well, they
1: have like dark they have titanium. like 16 different have, have like 16 different wheel options. I don't know if you saw the one was actually my favorite wheels on that car. If you saw the one that was actually kind of a titanium gray that had some actual silver wheels on it that were kind of a larger version of the phone dial looking wheels that we actually don't like on the 4C. I thought those on the Julia looked great.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought the
1: really dark wheels didn't flatter it. There had a a black one that had black wheels, and I was just like, "That's not working for me." But yeah, they do have. I mean, that. I can see in the background of one of my photos, they've got like six different wheels on the wall. I feel like wheels are are easily solved. I mean, we're back to the FRS discussion. Yeah, love they the are. car, hate they the are. wheels. So you can solve that. But here's the thing about the Julia. I happened to to walk up to it at the booth, and and I have to. Sorry, I have to side note. Being male, uh, and that is I. <laughs> Look, there's booth girls all over the place, okay? And and <laughs> as a general rule, they're all attractive. And as I already said, I think it's actually a terrible job. I feel very bad for everybody Everybody that's a booth girl. I hope yeah. they get paid well. I hope they get treated well, though I suspect they don't, and that kind of makes me sad. Having said that, in years past, Lamborghini has come to the LA Auto Show. They don't anymore. They always had, I don't know if it's a different casting session. I don't know what happens. But their booth <laughs> girls were always like you don't exist in reality beautiful compared to the it's rest because of the group who Italy. were also attractive i don't know what it is they well but they them over. But they didn't Well, they don't they're standing there speaking they're americans that was true of the alpha booth this year and last year the girls in the alpha booth were jaw dropping it was just like yeah, they were what, pretty what happened amazing. here is there a different casting call Was there a, what's going on <laughs> Pulled out all the stops um, if but, you're
0: going to reintroduce the brand you better have hot girls again. <laughs>
1: Guess. Well, I suppose. But then at the same time, I overheard a couple of them talking uh, between people that had walked up to talk to them and, and take photos. By the way, I think it's weird to take photos with booth girls, especially if you're a journalist. I think that's really strange. And there I, were I guys it's doing creepy. It. I was like, Honestly, I, what I are you? It I think it's weird. very creepy. Yeah. I, what are you doing? But anyway, but I heard a couple of these girls talking between guys that were bothering them. And I was actually walking around the Julia, and I heard them getting into discussion. I looked over. They had the book out, like the info book out, trying to figure out some of the stats of the bi-turbo and mm-hmm. getting themselves confused. So I walked over and just said a couple quick things and then kept going But um, because they were trying to figure out, OK, what's going on with the bi-turbo? How does that work? What's the story? And so I walked over and, and threw in like two thoughts and said, I think it's this, and then walked away. But um, but the Julia, I, I walked up to it. Right as they opened, they pulled the... the uh, tarp off of it because apparently they revealed it outside and then they pulled the tarp off at the same time on the inside and it was unlocked and i got in it and like five (laughs) minutes later five minutes later chance walked up to try to get it and it was locked and it was locked the rest of the day oh really i liked that interior a lot my overwhelming thing about the julia every time i looked at it or, or when i was in it is i just thought honestly even if this drives okay I'm thrilled it exists, because it's such a fantastic alternative.
0: Well, I'm thrilled it exists in the US, honestly. I mean, Uh if it would just be introduced in Europe and the rest of the world, great. But it just seems like we never get the cool stuff, and it finally feels like the US is getting the cool stuff again. What's so interesting to me about a couple things about this, the styling makes it look like a bigger car than it is. It looks, it it appears at first glance to be 5 Series sized, but it is not. It's definitely a 3 series size or maybe maybe 4 kind of depending. And then
1: Yeah, I think it's um, almost it's almost like last gen 3 series size. It almost feels yeah. like, it's like E90 E92 e- E90. size. Yeah, that's going. kind of what I am yeah, looking
0: yeah. at. So I'm walking around the auto show and I see banners everywhere Alpha's advertising this car and since we're working mm-hmm. on the Nürburgring film, our Germany film, they advertise it as the fastest 4-door sedan with a ring time, ring lap time of 7.39 is what they quoted on the advertisements. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I'm thrilled this thing exists. If it had not quite as much power as it did, 505 horsepower, I can't wait to drive this. I'm very eager, my big, I, I'm holding my breath, and that is for build quality and reliability. I'm just, mm-hmm. I am just don't know about mm-hmm. those things, because as you know, any BMW and the, all the other stuff, the usual suspects, we know they're gonna be pretty up there in terms of build quality. And so I think, all right, yeah. new car, new market, it's an alpha. I hope it's not tinny and rattly and cheap feeling and I hope it's awesome. Well, I
1: mean, I, I'm I'm fully I, I will optimistic. Ag- I will acknowledge fully 100%. I will acknowledge having been in it, having been in it. That some of the lower plastics had that same problem that some of the lower plastics did on the 4C, where it was like, ooh, that's a cheap panel right there, that kind of stuff. Now, granted, we're journalists, we're being picky. That's part of the point. But the seats were great. And the seats, the front seats, were not only great and supportive, but they were thin, which gave you more room in the back seats, which was cool. Well, I I got in at
0: at the Frankfurt show, just briefly. Okay, Um, good. first got introduced over there, so I'm glad we both got to get in it.
1: And, and, it, and it's got a pretty simple interior, and they've done a good job of integrating the touchscreen into what feels like a normal dash design versus having a hump or a stuck-on screen or whatever. And there it is, right in the center console. Stick shift is an option, which is cool. Did you think you the know shift what?
0: knob was pretty huge? I thought it was pretty oversized. Oh, it's, it's enormous. It was kind of. It's funny, enormous. Man. Really, that's a decision, but okay, it's, we're going with it.
1: It's like it's it's like a it's like a polo ball. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. It was it's, funny. it's it's even. I, I was gonna say eight ball, but it's bigger than that. I mean, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, pretty it's a big, very actually, large you shift think, knob.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> but hey, thank God first. you gave us a stick shift at all, <laughs> exactly. which is well, awesome. True. But but also, but I also have to say though, of course, the one at the auto show was the hey, five hundred and five horsepower. Personally. I wanna drive the base. I wanna drive the the like it's gonna be like two hundred and ninety horsepower, essentially the same engine detuned. Sure. I'm very curious, what do you get in the base one? Because okay, yeah, of course you're gonna talk about the one that got the great ring time and zero to sixty under four seconds and five hundred horsepower. Of course it's the one you're gonna talk about. I'd be very curious to drive the base model versus the standard suspects. You know, probably, what's the base uh, 3 Series and the ATS? And the, I want to drive it against those.
0: Sure. Just as as far as, hey, what could I get into for what kind of money? Could I actually get into this car for less money and still have the, the benefits? I'm just wondering if it's without the turbos, if, if the uh, hot one is with turbos and the base one is without, maybe? I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I think,
1: I think essentially, yes. I think essentially, yes. I, I think I could be wrong, and somebody will correct us. I think there's three versions. The middle one is like lesser turbos, and of course, the big boy is the 500 horsepower. But it but I've, I've, yeah. it's like 290 horsepower in the base V6, and uh, yeah, I'd be really curious to drive that one because I hope you know you, you would you would think. Honestly, I hate to say it, BMW has been guilty of this in their 3 Series, where the M versions are great, and the lesser versions are like eh. And I and I would like to see I'd like to see this Alpha be. Good across the board. I mean, of course, the more power version is going to be better. Of course it will be. That's not a surprise.
0: I think this is going to do for the market what Maserati actually wanted their cars to do, and they're not. That's interesting. I cannot get excited about the Maseratis. I just – I look at them, and people have mentioned they're selling cars. say, oh, yeah, the Maseratis and blah, blah, and I feel them and just not too impressed. The design is okay. I'm thinking, all right, for Italians, you can ask an Italian busboy for design help, and they should know – you know exactly how to carve a bust of Michelangelo or whatever. I mean, they do that in their spare time in the kitchen, right?
1: <laughs> they know design.
0: They know what they're talking about. And then I look at the Maseratis oh. and I'm going, "What? What happened? It's the big Italian Buick, the four door. Yeah. It's a oversized pig. Even the small one. The and the Quattroporte. Only the
1: Italians. Only the Italians. <laughs> yes. I've said it before, but I have to say it again. Only the Italians could get away with calling something the four door. Hey. Only the Italians. New GM four door. Not because marketing. the Quattroporte sounds awesome. If Chevy released the Do from Chevrolet, the four-door, you'd be like, really? Did, did the entire marketing department go home Malibu. that day? <laughs> they well, could yeah, just call the, the four-door. Touche, by the way. Like, very oh, yeah, well the Malibu, but, right? Yeah,
0: totally.
1: Yeah, but, but at the same time, I mean, it just feels like no one tried that day at Maserati. What is it? <laughs> The Quattroporte. Okay, let's go to lunch. I mean, really, that's, that's I insane. I just feel like
0: nobody's trying in general at Maserati. <coughs> and I think Alpha's going to kick them right in the teeth, even though they do share their, the same company and the funds yeah. pretty much go all to the same place. But whatever. I think Alpha. I am all about them. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know the saying where you're not a true car guy until you own an Alpha. This yeah. could be an opportunity for legions of car enthusiasts to actually, hopefully, own an Alpha that's close to reliable and not have to deal with everything else. So that's the good news. The Julia well, and, and is back.
1: And you're talking about you're talking about a four-door sedan, which is a lot more people could go out and buy an Alpha because eh. it's a four-door sedan than could make a 4C work in their life. As much as we like the 4C, you have to be a specific buyer with specific needs for the 4C to make sense in your garage. A four-door sedan Okay, honey, let's buy a four door sedan. No, this is no. not a large conversation. It's <laughs> you just you want to buy one With from who? That's the only part. horsepower.
0: What? Okay, sure.
1: Well, but you know it'll be interesting either way. Speaking of ridiculous ho- horsepower coupes, by the way, I got in and walked around and, and kind of just got real curious about the BMW N6 Grand Coupe. That's a hot looking car. Did you look at? Did you look at that at all? It's great looking. I glanced. I, I glanced. It's great looking, but I just got curious because it's the first time personally that I've had the chance to really just spend time around one. I've seen them on the streets, but I was just like, "All right, I want to get in this. I want to climb in. And I want to get in the back." Which honestly, I mean, we're six three. If you're under six foot, you're actually okay in that car. Hmm. I mean, I was just, I was, it was a little bit too narrow in the back for me. But a couple of things that struck me about it that I just, I have to kind of question. One, frameless windows. Now, I'm not a guy that cares really but i own cars that cost $20,000. This car starts at 120 and goes up and it's got frameless windows. That just struck me as weird. It just i, I know that sounds strange. It probably really doesn't matter. That's more of a
0: BMW thing than anything else, honestly.
1: I was i was surprised to find frameless windows in that car. And then but the, but but the biggest issue that i had was sitting in the driver's seat. Comfortable, but huge. There is no way you're going to drive that car and mistake it for a sports car. It, it's just not possible. It's just far too big a car. And the one they had sitting on the floor was $130,000. And I thought, you can buy a lot of different kind of cars at that kind of money. I, I, I walked yeah. away scratching my head yeah. because I kept thinking, if you have hundred and thirty grand to spend, I think you have to be a <coughs> diehard BMW guy to give that Grand Coupe a real serious look. Because I just thought, $130,000? grand Really? That it shocked me, honestly. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being stupid, but it shocked me.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. I mean, we know BMWs are also aspirational, and they're they're just expensive. And if you want it, here you go. They're kind of in the Porsche category yeah. at their higher
1: end. You, they they're awesome though. They're
0: yeah, fantastically yeah, and brilliant I, cars. But you yeah,
1: knowing they're M cars, it will it will defy logic when you drive it. It'll be fantastically fun to drive. I, I, I'm sure it will be, but I just—that's a lot of money for that car, especially considering when you think about the fact that elsewhere on the floor, at 130 from BMW, you can get the i8, which, granted, you're not going to take a family of four in the i8. I get that, but that's a much more intriguing car. I feel like at 130 grand than the M6 grand coupe is. But
0: yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I, they're I, see the, I mean, they're M6 not the appeals, same market. You know,
1: they're they're not the same market. I, I totally get it. No, There's shopping the thing, Panamera the M6, when you're shopping M6. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You are, but I, but I think the Panamera, while let's be honest, far uglier, is uh, is actually quite a bit more usable. If you're, if you're (laughs) you're going, I want a fast, I want a fast four door, four seat family car. It's a Panamera, and I've got 130 grand to spend. I, I think Panamera probably is going to make more sense. It's a used
0: Panamera and a dang good European vacation. That's what it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Granted, the M6. Looks incredibly sexy. I will give it that. The other thing about the I-8, by the way, I, I, it's the second time I've gotten in it. The first time I got in it was the year they introduced it. You and I got in it by like having to throw elbows and fight people off to get in yeah. it. This time, it, since it's been around a little bit, I was able to get in it kind of slowly and take my time. Two thoughts. One, just about the coolest doors on the market. And two, did you get in it this year uh, by chance? The I-8 you're talking? Yes, the i No,
0: no. I've gotten it before at prior shows. I just did not this year.
1: Did you happen to notice this? These are the largest door sills I've ever encountered on a car. And I'm a guy that likes Lotus.
0: Yeah, These door sills
1: are astounding. No, they're not wide. They're, they're like wide. falling over a fallen tree. They're like sliding <laughs> over the back of a fallen tree to get in this car. I could not. And I'm a big guy. For me to have that much trouble getting in and out of a car because the door sill is just so wide and high, I thought... Okay, women in skirts? Not going to happen. Not and anybody happening. under about anybody under about five six is going to need crampons. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievably <laughs> big door sill. Seriously, it's insane.
0: Wow, that's funny. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't get in it, but uh, I, I'm intrigued by it. I'd, I'd love to drive it just for what it is. It's
1: oh, agreed. I, I don't think you're
0: cross shopping any other car. If you're intrigued by an i eight, you're kind of sold on it, and you just kind of. Have to figure out how it's going to fit your I agree life.
1: I agree with that. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, is what it is. There's another car that uh, stood out to me, and it's an SUV. And generally, you and I don't really care. We don't really get into it. I mean, we kind of do okay. with your Cayenne and the long term stuff that we've been doing on the Cayenne piece and me with my Jeep and yeah. Cherokee. But it's the Jaguar F Pace. And it's because sure. Jags has never really done an SUV, to mm-hmm. my knowledge. I don't think they ever have. And, and they're, they're going to
1: sell them as fast as they can make them. They you are. know that.
0: And I thought, all right, well, I've got my Jeep. I love my Jeep. I just got to go sit in this thing. I got to check it out. I think the styling is bang on. I think they have successfully integrated the Jaguar look to where it's I agree. unmistakable I agree. as to what it is, and it's not forced. The Bentley Bentayga, or whatever you call that monstrous, yeah. hideous, ugly yeah. thing— the styling feels forced. Okay, well, it's got to be big and imposing, Bentley. you know it—it it feels forced in every proportion. Whereas the F-Pace does not. It feels a little bit—it does. On it the feels lightweight integrated. side, even it, though it, it,
1: it, that design looks surprisingly small and light. You're right. It—it's it, very like visually deceiving, especially considering it's in the same end of the booth as that Range Rover Evoke convertible. Yeah. You're looking at the Evoke going no, 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 and you turn around and you go F-Pace. That's gorgeous. F-Pace, it, it's, it's interesting. It's
0: clean. I noticed, so I'm looking at the door cuts, and it's interesting because here's the telltale sign between cars that say or shout they're off road. They've got rockers. Whereas the F Pace, if you notice, those door cuts go all the way down. They don't stop until point. they hit the bottom of the car.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. And the
0: whole bottom, it opens. It's another six, eight, 10 inches of sheet metal. That covers mm. the rockers, but it's it's a deceiving way to make the car the proportions, you know, tall body side, short windows. Yeah, they round it off. But yeah. look more car like in, instead yeah. of, and so it doesn't shout, hey, I'm this big, dude, you know, heavy duty off road, four wheel drive kind of machine. So I'm curious sure. as to where it fits in the off road market. I don't think it really does. But I think oh, it's, right. it's going to sell like crazy. It's
1: it's a it's an Evoke and Cayenne competitor. It's not an off-road machine. I mean, you know, the first gen's Cayennes were bomb-proof off-road and they've st- steadily taken that out because they realized nobody's really using this. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be battling with the evokes of the world and that kind of thing, and that market segment is so hot, any 5-seat SUV market is incredibly hot. I, I think that car is great looking. I couldn't get in it; it was up on a diest. Could you get in it at Frankfurt?
0: I got in it. Uh, I got it here. There, I got it in the red one uh, that oh. they have the, at the auto show, and I I did the thing that you and I both do since we're both six three. I positioned the driver's seat comfortable for me, uh-huh. and then got in yeah. the back seat right behind the driver. So sitting be, be, behind myself, sure, and I was surprised there was enough space. It felt good. The big problem cool. that I have with good. the interior is its piano black gloss finish. All over the instrument panel. If oh, you're, sure. if you're a yeah. car manufacturer and you're listening to this, and you're a designer and you're specking out the materials, could you stay away from the piano black gloss? I mean, just because yeah. you know Brabus or Mercedes says, "Well, we'll do white gloss instead." If Cadillac wants to do black, we'll put white. No, no, it's still not good because yeah. kids and people and fingerprints and coffee and stuff and life, and it's gonna it only it's it only never looks look good. better. The show it could.
1: only looks good when it just got made, and then it yeah. never looks good again. You're absolutely just right. Thought, it is one of those materials. This is yeah. awesome, except for yeah. that
0: stupid finish in there. Anyway, it remains to be seen, but I, I still think they are sell boatloads of them as fast as they can make them.
1: Well, and and speaking of the five seat SUV market, you know, Infiniti released a new thing there that I literally I literally stumbled upon it at the corner of the Infiniti booth and went, "What is this now?" Hmm. The Q thirty, which is the Infiniti, think of it oh. as the Infiniti version of the Mazda CX five. It's that small five seat <laughs> SUV. Are you sure SUV it thing. wasn't? <laughs> did Infiniti go to Mazda well, and say, "Hey, you've got an interesting
0: chassis." Fiat did it, so. But why here's can't the thing:
1: we were talking about it. You know, we're going to be on the the Smoking Tire podcast here in the next few days, and we were talking about it. Just on that, and that is the Infiniti Q30. Infiniti has made a car now in the hottest market segment that exists, the small five-seat SUV or CUV. And yet it's called Q30, which means as soon as we stop talking about it, we and everyone listening will completely forget what that car is.
0: <laughs> I think I've already forgotten.
1: What are you Seriously. talking about? no. Two, two days from now, somebody's going to say Infinity Q30, and you're going to be sitting there racking your brain, crying to go, which car in their lineup is the Q30? <laughs> the Q30, Q30, which is the Q30? Is that the sedan? You're not going to know. Nobody oh knows. Gosh.
0: I, I don't think they're doing themselves any favors with the, uh, the convention, the naming convention, but all right. What can we do? Edible so
1: I, I have... I don't know. I have two. This wouldn't matter. Who are we? I have two other things, two other cars I want to talk about. Actually, one other car I want to talk about, and then I want to talk about, and I want to hear what else is on your brain, but I want to talk about things I kind of overheard and Mm. styling trends that I saw. Mm. But one one car I have to point out, one car I have to point out, because I walked by and literally I stopped and looked at the back of this car and went, what's going on? What does that car look like? The Mini Clubman. They've redone the Clubman. Okay, this is the four-door with the, the refrigerator style okay. rear hatch, you know? You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, with the refrigerator yeah. style doors? Yep. I actually thought, look, it was it was a, not a car for me, but I actually thought that that Clubman, the first gen with those doors was actually one of the coolest back ends of a car on the market. It's been redone now in the new Mini styling, which means the cars are larger and as a result we've made the taillights larger to try to hide the fact that the car grew, okay? Okay. I'm staring I'm staring at the back of this car. And then it hits me. The back of the new Mini Clubman looks like one of those Mayan rock heads. You know, where everything is like squat and all the features are all like spread out and oh, monstrous. like uh, like it's,
0: a Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider stuff? Yes.
1: It looks like one of those Aztec the- Mayan rock oh, heads. It's no. like 40 feet high or 40 feet square and <laughs> oh, every, all no. the features are squished out like the Simpsons wound up with in their, in their living room. It's not one of those things. That's what the back of that car looks That's like. That's funny. They have done this thing no favors. I have to say, you walk around the side of it. Four seats, four wheel doors. This is no longer a mini in anything but name. It's a full size car. But that back is awful. What happened? <laughs>
0: How do we resolve all these lines with the new size and everything we've created and resolve it as we're pulling the lines and stretching their, the mass back over the front and they have to figure tail out something lights, in the
1: back? Yeah. Their their tail lights are like the size of a basketball now. They're enormous.
0: Lincoln suffers from that problem to an unsuccessful degree. Ugh. They, yeah. And then they went the other way with now being too small. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> now they're all squinty so I, and nasty.
1: Nothing to see here. Uh, I have, I have it's a styling trend that I saw and a couple of I-can't-believe-I-just-saw-this kind of people walking around. But what else is on your brain about the auto show?
0: You know, I was just going to try to pick some favorites here, the the standouts. Okay. Um, okay. Trying to think. Of course, anything from Porsche. walk in the Porsche showroom and point at a vehicle, and yes. But uh, otherwise, the the stand-up for me. You're shooting
1: fish in a barrel there, yeah.
0: uh, Yeah. Um, This new Audi R8, I'm really, really liking it. Both exterior and interior, I think you and I both sat in it. The Mm -hmm. side blade has been divided and chopped in half. I think it's actually more successful as a flagship car I really, really like this car. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed with this thing. And the,
1: yeah, the new interior it. is actually great. I have to admit, the new interior on the Audi R8. I sat in that pretty early on and was, you know, the, the I feel like, like in the A3. The in general, Audi, they've tried to go really simple with their interiors now, mm-hmm. and it hasn't always worked. I don't really like it in the, in the A3 lineup. But yeah, I really like how it kind of fine-tuned the R8. I feel like it's a, a vast improvement there. I was pretty impressed when I sat in it.
0: Uh any favorites from you any uh oh there was that uh, BMW the GT4 the M4 no M4 GTS yep. is what it was Yep yeah, which M4 is GTS. It, it, Yeah <sighs> yeah like that car
1: want to drive. That's a specific buyer there very interesting very specific buyer <laughs> you I mean it's it's like me. it's like it's like what happens to the 911s when they go GT3. It's that or GT3 RS. It's like the equivalent kind of thing from BMW. It' interesting, but takes that takes some usability out of it, which I think starts to, as we talked about with the Club Sport from from the GT4 uh, uh, Cayman. You know, it starts to make it less usable for more people. I'll be very curious to see how mm-hmm. those sell. They'll probably sell them out as fast as they can make them.
0: Although now that I'm thinking about it, now that you're pointing that out, that kind of seems to be a trend. BMW's got their version of that. Porsche yeah. brought out their yeah. track focus, huh? Interesting.
1: Spe- speaking of speaking of trends, by the way, I ha- sorry, I have to go there. Unibrows are back in car design. I don't know what's going on. The back of the new Honda Civic Coupe is an enormous unibrow of taillight. And then I showed you this, and you nearly retched, the fact that the new Passat has got some sort of uh, chrome yeah. unibrow uh, across both headlights and the face of the hood. Somebody put that on there and went, yeah, that looks good. Let's go with that. Really? Really? Designed by committee and yeah but, but but seriously what was the catalyst but I mean the, the the I can actually I, I will probably get used to it on the Civic but on the Passat a chrome unibrow along the base of the hood line I'm sitting here going what was the motivation that led to that because it's sitting there on a blue car on a red car and guess what it looks awful on all of them I don't understand it I really don't get it at all
0: well, speaking of awful, the hybrids from Toyota just keep getting worse. Is it me? I mean, the Passat is ugly. <laughs> but then there's another planet that's outside, around the corner, down the hall, and it's, it's on another plane. And I'm thinking, yeah. why can't we have beautiful, alternative, hybrid, alternative fuel vehicles that are beautiful? Why? Yeah. Why on earth do they have to be? I hear you. I mean stop drawing. Just stop. Just put the pencil down and <laughs> no more lines. Drawing. We're done putting lines on the car. We're done. Just yeah. make yeah, yeah. it. We'll we'll go well, with the, that yeah. and then refresh it next year and then try to make something of it. But
1: the, the Prius the Prius got squinty. I mean really, really squinty and odd. <laughs> and then what is it the is it the Furii, the Murii? What I'm sorry, clearly it didn't even Whatever stick in my is. brain. What's the the Mi- the al- alternative Thank you, thank you. I just I can kind award. of see the logo.
0: I got a press release thing in the mail. Like, oh, the hero wants. Like,
1: it it looks what like it's origami. It's so angular and it's got such flat sides. It looks like it may as well be origami.
0: I just <laughs> we were walking up to the the Prius there in the stand, and Chance said to me, "He said, well, get used to looking at that in front of you in traffic." And I went, "Oh, yeah. you're right. Oh no, yeah. it's along the lines of you know how um." some graffiti is beautiful. Like, some of it is actually artistic. About 10% Mm -hmm. of it is beautiful. Wow, you can do that with a rattle can spray paint. The rest of it is crap. I feel like that about Toyota's entire lineup. I mean, there Mm. are some pretty things, and, okay, that's an interesting shape, and I I like what they've done here, and that's twisting, and that's elegant, and that's interesting. (laughs) For about 10% of it on the car, if you, like, just, you know, make a little picture window with your fingers and your just looking at part of the car you think okay that's interesting but stop drawing people just, just stop stop yeah. folding the car yeah. and crease and squint and bend and fold and how did you make that in a mold like wow good for you mm. i'm impressed it just it hasn't gotten better and i i i wish i liked them more honestly but, i wish there yeah, was something i agree with
1: there you. To well, like and you mentioned but you mentioned that and I, you know Makes me think of the revised Chevy Volt. You know, we were we are a fan of the first gen Chevy Volt for a lot of reasons. Oh yeah. The second gen is interesting because they've gone the other way. While I think Toyota is more and more embracing, hey, by the way, have you noticed this car is different? Chevrolet has gone, let's make it blend better. And the new Volt, honestly, looks very similar to the new Chevy Cruze, which obviously is the thing. It's always shared the chassis. Sure. And and it looks even, you know, th- th- I liked the first gen Volt, but it had that. You know, two year old iPhone feel where it's just going to <laughs> age because it, it did because, it, because it's because Sony, yay! <laughs> seriously, it's just going to age quickly because they embraced the hey, new technology about it. And the second gen, they've clearly gone, let's make a car that can be a little more ageless but had this good technology and is improved, yeah. which is obviously a different route than Toyota has chosen. I'm curious to drive the new Volt, I'm sure it's improved, but uh, I mean, they, they claim it is. We'll see. But it is interesting to two, two totally different tacks on the same idea, and they've gone very different directions. I, I feel like you and I could keep riffing for a while. We probably should close it down. Uh, I do want to tip my hat to whoever the guy was walking around the LA Auto Show wearing a working Google Glass. How oh, you're obsessed me. with stats? No, how obsessed with stats are you? If you were walking around an auto show during press days, oh, picking no. up pamphlets while wearing your Google Glass. I'm going to guess you're <laughs> going to win the can-you-name-a-stat-now game. But wow. what else are you winning at? Really, I just couldn't believe that guy. And the guy, I I, I don't know, if did I tell you this? The guy I saw shooting video of the auto show with his iPhone. Okay, fine. Okay. Except, except, iPhone, on a frame, on a tripod, on the frame was a receiver from a wireless mic that was then plugged into an adapter so it could plug into the iPhone and it had a hard-mounted big panel light on the top.
0: (laughs) So everything about his setup was bigger than his camera.
1: (laughs) All of the portability of I shot this on my iPhone has been killed by this huge setup around it, at which point I'm just going, get a camera.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No, you didn't mention that to me. That's really funny. I love that.
1: And I'll leave you with this one. We probably should end uh, sometime soon here, but I'll leave you with this one. The guy in front of me, the very large man in front of me that climbed out of the sports car and said to his friend in an incredibly dismissive tone, and he was huge, incredibly dismissive tone, huh, that's just too narrow.
0: It was what car?
1: He was climbing out of a sports car. Oh, my God. A goodness. large man climbs out of a sports car, looks at his friend like they screwed up the car, and says, <laughs> eh, that's just too narrow.
0: And well, they said, no, right. sir, I'm sorry,
1: you're too fat. How come they didn't problem call you? problem was not the, Exactly. problem was not car design, you know. (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. Hope your holidays are great. And if you're outside the U.S., we are, as Todd said, at the top of the show. We are not releasing a podcast next week just because of the Pilgrimage film, which Todd is uh, yeah, knee-deep in footage and edit and... Sending us Oh, knee deep
1: was weeks ago. I'm like I'm like eyeball deep now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just this side of drowning, but it is turning out well.
0: There will be no in memoriams in the credits unless he no, goes no. editing the film, no. which means exactly. I'll have to figure out how to finish it up, but whatever. All right. Best of luck to you on that. By the way, for this
1: podcast, uh, we are going to have a bunch of photos taken by our great friend and photographer, Chance, are going to be posted on our Facebook page, photos accompanying the cars we've talked about here. Expect those at some point during the day Tuesday. Uh, that album will load, and we would welcome your comments on those photos as you're listening to this podcast. If you want to make comments, join us on our Facebook page. You can find us at Slash Everyday Driver on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You name it, you'll probably find us there.
0: And the Smoking Tire Podcast, this this week or next? Is this That's true. Next? I'm pretty
1: sure it's this week. I, I'm i not completely up on their release schedule, but I'm pretty sure it's this week.
0: Okay. Well, thanks to Matt for having us on, and we were on there with Chris Hayes, and thanks to Chat Engine for hosting us. Those guys are hilarious, a bunch of fun, and they took their time out. Matt was shooting for seven days straight, I think, and he was exhausted and still yeah. took the time out he, while we're in yeah, LA to go from to the show. Button Willow. Yeah, drove back from Button Willow, so he took the time. And so uh, catch that podcast as well. You can hear us on there. And uh, that was a lot of fun. But in the meantime, this is a long one. This is 50, it almost is. 53 minutes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All
1: right. We're getting up there.
0: Well, maybe it's sort of, uh, we doubled, uh, gave up a double scoop. Since we're not on not on next week, but uh, I yeah. guess
1: LA Auto Show. Awesome, yep.
0: thanks guys. Talk to you in two weeks. Happy Thanksgiving.